Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping the Keg podcast, episode, episode. 516. Charlie here with you, talking hopes and fears, what excites you, scares you about this Green Bay Packers season. What's next for the Milwaukee Brewers after the deadline? And a the Bucks what-if topic that Tim Bontemps should have done. Uh, we'll get into that, maybe a little anti uh, Milwaukee propaganda being placed by ESPN, but we'll get all of that at the end of the show. Uh, my man Mitch is here with me. What's happening? How you doing? Uh, yeah, you know, great. A L- little better than you, I think, based on what uh, <laughs> what, what I've been told. Yeah, I mean, heading, look, heading in the in the pre production show here, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's not great. I mean, I'm an open book. I always share with people. I, you know, we, uh, my wife. As she was leaving for a workout class this evening, we saw that we have a crack in our, our toilet. And uh, now we got to buy a new toilet. So I was emptying toilet water uh, before I started podcasting today. So never a dull moment as a homeowner, as you said. And uh, yeah, that's just so how does how does one drain it? Like, like, do you just are you just bailing it out? Well, Literally, like with a, with a cup or something. I didn't know we were doing tapping the handyman today, Mitch. But um, I just I'm trying trying to paint a visual for the listeners here. Yeah. Uh, so there's a valve on your left hand side, right, uh, of yeah. your toilet. Yeah. So you turn yeah. that off, you flush it, and then you got to bail out the water in some capacity. So you, some people say you plunge it. Plunging didn't really work. So then I was like, all right, uh, I just used like a red solo cup and was getting it out. We I didn't get everything. Uh, we'll order some big sponges on Amazon and then squeeze the rest of the water out. And that'll be it. There you have it. Nice. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to tip it over because I didn't want to just like rip a hole out of my wall. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to rob Peter to pay Paul. No, absolutely not. So yeah. Um, you know, every day is a, is a winding road with the, uh, with home ownership. And that's why some people, She's like, yeah, don't want, don't want these problems. But there are other days where it's it's really nice to to be one. So, you know, it, it has its good days and its bad days, just like Jordan Love, sure. you know, on training camp and and things like that. And yeah. the Green Bay, the Green Bay Packers, every day there are new stories because that's what training camp's all about. Uh, the there's a new story every day about the Packers Gestapo trying to stop uh, fans from filming uh, different highlights of the Packers and team. Uh, because we can't we can't show anybody our secrets, Mitch. Um, it's just not allowed, even though the Kansas City Chiefs do it um, and other other teams do it. But apparently, it can't can't get those videos on hollow ground. And yeah, well, a, the Packers are also stuck in the in the eighties. So yeah, I, mean. I, I I do I have noticed their social media team is uh, kind of starting to letting it let it hang a little bit. Um, they. Uh, they had something today where they talked about their quarterback having the juice, having something else. And it was basically a mock of Darnell Moody's quote that he said about Justin Fields. So that's okay. Like, here we go. That's the type of shit that we need to start doing just a little bit more. So maybe, you know, they find they, they were rated, I think by somebody as the worst social media account of all 32 teams. And maybe they took it seriously. Maybe Mark Murphy's like, not only is my legacy going to be title town that I didn't cave into Aaron Rodgers, but that I'm not going to have the worst social media in all of, in all of the NFL. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Mark Murphy doesn't strike me as somebody who would kind of oversee that, but no, um, I, I'm, it was a, it was a joke, Jimmy. Yeah, I know. 
it's the PR people, it's the marketing people. But yeah, Mark yeah. Mark Murphy probably calls it my face, like Belichick or something like that. Hopefully that doesn't make it all the way to Mark Murphy's desk. I wouldn't yeah, think. Oh, it's, yeah. But uh, <laughs> you know, it yeah. gets it gets handled before that point. Yeah, but you never I mean, know. Well, I I will say this. I will share when I was working for another company. Um, they basically our CEO did not want to use Devonte Adams in marketing, even though Devonte Adams kind of was the guy, was starting to become the guy because he had some questionable social media posts. I think because he, he, you know, would quote some rap lyrics or he'd say some things that were a little bit out of pocket. And for the bank that I was working for, they just could not potentially have that risk. You, you had to be clean cut Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb and infer that in any which way you'd like. Uh, but yeah, that sure. sometimes it does. But that was also, out. that was also some years ago. And yeah, yeah, it's true. The, ta- the tassels have probably loosened a little bit since. Oh then. yeah, for sure. Yeah, this was five, five or six years ago. But it's a, it's a very exciting season for the Green Bay Packers. It's a very scary season for the Green Bay Packers, I think, because there's so much unknown, and that, that, some people can interpret that in a lot of different ways. I think the people that are the Aaron Rodgers fanboys who are still going to be Packer fans, I think they're more in the scared camp. I think the people who really believe that Jordan Love is a guy are in that excited camp. And I I guess to open it up before we get into like actual things and stuff to talk about with the excitement and the things that people are scared about, what do you, how would you like percentage out fans from excited to scared? Where would you, how would you classify it if you had to take it from, you know, in terms of hundred, is it 50, 50, is it 60, 40? Like, what are we looking at? Probably like 60, 40 excited. I think there's, I feel like there, I feel like more than half of the fans are, we're ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers and are, are excited to see what Jordan Love can do and, and what types of um, different things that he can bring to what, to the offense that Rodgers probably couldn't anymore in terms of athleticism and, and, you know, maybe some other things. I know Rodgers still had a pretty good arm, but he's 40 years old and Jordan loves a, a spring chicken. So I, I think more people are, but, are excited but i think that there still are a fair bit of people that you know aaron Rodgers was their quarterback and i'm not i'm not ready to wasn't ready to move on or i don't know maybe maybe it wasn't that but it's more just like the packers are always good and and reluctant to change and this is a massive change and you know course some of the fans are maybe going to be a little hesitant to kind of jump in the deep end and right. others others i think are, are ready for it and are, and are open-minded now now that could change quickly yeah, but right um, i was gonna say like if they're owing two those all those excited fans are just gonna be like oh yeah, my god yeah it's 40 60 right mm-hmm. and it might even be more i mean depending on how what the results are right bears beat you by 10 and atlanta beats you by you know seven or eight like then it's all of a sudden it's panic city and we're gonna draft caleb williams we're gonna draft Drake may like it'll get really nuts either side like if packers are two and oh and dominate both teams it will be like all right we're gonna win the super bowl we're gonna you know and that's nuts too that's crazy talk and this is what goes back to our patience conversation that we had a couple weeks ago 
But I, I think to kick it off from what excites me about this season is I just think they're going to be really fast. And I feel like that's exciting because I can't remember the last Green Bay Packer team that was fast. That was just has speed all over the field on offense yeah. mostly, but I think on defense too. I, I just, I can't think of a year where it's like, wow, they have just guys that can burn up and down the field, make big plays and just, you know, create things with their legs. And honestly, special teams too with Kashawn Nixon. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm just, you know, last year, again, Rogers has lost a step athletically. Uh, you had Mercedes Lewis out there for a ton of snaps, not exactly a, a burner. Uh, Randall Cobb out there for for a while, who Lauder. is is younger than you think, but um, still has a lot of miles on him. And right. yeah, and and you know, defensively, I think there's probably going to be some some scheme things, and there there seems to be maybe more versatility um, this year. Uh, mm-hmm. What's what is it? Rudy? No, Carpenter, the guy they drafted last year, Tyree Carpenter. He's, yeah. T- Tariq Carpenter, yeah. He's drafted as a safety. It looks like he's pretty pretty solidly a linebacker at this point, which, yep. I don't know, that's just a small example of somebody that is probably faster than, than the average linebacker, I would think. Right. And, yeah, so, I mean, Quay yeah, Walker, I Quay Walker and, you know, the guy, you know, the ability to kind of go end-to-end. And, yeah, once you get Stokes back and if Stokes, like, has – a little bit of that speed, you know, that that'll also that'll also be there. And they'll have they just have abundance of speed, which is something I just don't I haven't seen a lot of Packer teams have that. What uh what top fit for you in terms of excitement? I the thing I'm most excited for is probably kind of the obvious with Jordan Love, but you know, maybe just like Jordan Love and how he can how he can build his relationship with the receivers. I'm really excited for Christian Watson. I think it's yes. going to be going to be a big year for, for that gentleman, uh, barring any type of injury. I think fantasy wise, I think you're going to see Christian Watson go pretty high. Yeah. Especially, especially in Wisconsin. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. The, but I, for fantasy football. For sure. Absolutely. I mean, you've seen throughout the years with, Aaron, maybe not the last couple of years, but Aaron Rodgers used to, people would take him number one in drafts, no matter what. And uh, we had a friend who, uh, Seth, who would take Aaron Rod or he would keep Aaron Rodgers right. year for, I don't, I don't know how many years. So right. always get that, that fantasy football, that fantasy football bump. But I, you know, number one, right. Wide receiver, the, the, the wide receiver room, I think is, has a ton of potential. You know, that goes mm-hmm. back to what you're talking about with speed. Um, and, and that types of stuff. But I feel like literally it could be unlimited targets for Christian Watson. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because again, who's behind him and it's a lot of quite a bit of unknowns. They, the Packers have not shown any real interest to thus far to pick up a veteran. No, um, I guess that can come at any point. Sammy Watkins was last year. Right? was, was, it was a later. Yeah. I, I think. Correctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know, but but why why would you? I, I've kind of been in the camp of not even bothering at this point. I feel like there's 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 some talent. I like what they did in the draft this year at the receiver spot, and yeah, so I guess just the receiver room and how and then how Jordan Love can kind of manage that. Yeah. Um, 
I'm pretty excited to see the just the passing game and, and what it, what it looks like compared to to last year. I mean, it, it's going to be it's going to be different. I mean, there aren't going to be as many pretty throws, but I think Jordan Love will run into one, run into one once in a while. I think there's also an excitement to see what Matt Lafleur does in terms of his offense, right? Yeah. Like what, and that's an offshoot of kind of what you're talking about. But it's like, wait, what does Matt Lafleur do differently than Aaron Rodgers? Like, how has Matt mm-hmm. Lafleur seen this, and maybe Rodgers checked out of it, or maybe Rodgers wasn't comfortable with this, or um, you know, some other reason uh, that you can't explain why Rodgers didn't do it this way. We saw the Seattle Seahawks have a great deal of success when Geno Smith ran the system that Shane Walden, the offensive coordinator there, who's part of the McVay-LaFleur tree, the whole thing, like when he was running that, he was successful. Can Jordan Love replicate that? We'll just have to see. Everybody's different, right? Everybody's different. Um, It's not a guarantee at all that it's going to suddenly just work just like it did for the Seahawks. Um, because yeah. that's it's it's foolish to think that way. But well, everybody's is, everybody's making that comparison though. Oh yeah, no, you you have to make it because it it it's kind of right there. It's sitting there on the pedestal, and we saw it firsthand. And I I think if it does in fact work in a similar way, I think there's going to start being a discussion about do we rethink how we pay quarterbacks and do we rethink you know, how we're establishing it because there is maybe an endpoint and maybe we don't always need to pay the Jan- Daniel Jones of the world and just make sure that we have the next Daniel Jones ready. You know what I mean? And not necessarily yeah. as, as long as you have a good system, as long as you have an offensive coach that knows what he's doing, you know, making sure that you're ready for that next guy, I think is vitally important. And you might well, see when, it. The fo- Go ahead. Wouldn't that be something if, that was the case where there was only like 10 quarterbacks in the league that got mega deals. And then it became running backs basically. (laughs) Or, or yeah, I mean, or that just would be, it'd be kind of ironic after the summer we've had listening to the running, you know, the, the topics Mm -hmm. about the running back market and stuff. It would, I I don't think it would, that would happen honestly. Um, But it is kind of wild that somebody like Daniel Jones, there probably was a little bit of hesitancy, but at the end of the day, there wasn't, much delay in getting getting him his money and I, it's not like you know i don't think he's what is he he's top he, top half of the league paid yeah you know, top not, half of the league paid and and i'm sure that which, if you, which if might you, be might be the way to go i mean right and i'm I guess sure that's probably what you're saying so and i'm sure if you look at daniel jones's contract that i'm pulling up right now i'm sure there is an out like i'm sure you look at it and there's a way that they get out okay yeah Potential out two years, $82 million, 18 million in dead cap. 18 million in dead caps a lot, but you're out, right? And he's only 26. And if you really, if he takes a step back this year, it's a big quarterback draft. And then you just, you can cut him loose after next year. And it's a put up or show up year when he's making, you know, $35,000, which is a lot of money, but uh, it's, uh, it's there and it'll be interesting. Uh, any other excitement for you before we, we move in and we had to add a negative town? <laughs> oh, I can hardly wait. Um, uh, I know that's, that's where you thrive. Well, of course there's uh, I don't know. I mean, interior D line seems to be making uh headways. Yeah. He- you know, headlines and, and, and making moves here in training camp. Um, if Wyatt and Slayton can, can kind of, 
solidify that those couple spots up in the middle that should really help the run defense which obviously will help the defense in general and i've i've kind of said some things about the secondary that that i'm hesitant about and i you know certainly having the defensive line and able to get after the quarterback and and stop the run will do nothing but help the secondary so yeah i mean yeah those those couple of gentlemen right there are are exciting me um I think the hype. Yeah. I I think the hype's real. Uh, with Wyatt, I think he really put in the work. Um, and is really trying to you know better himself and get to that point. And you know, yeah, to your point, so I totally agree. The one-two punch is very, very exciting. And I think you could move. We could move into fears now. I think you're gonna know right away with the first two weeks of the season because you face two of the top two top running teams in the in the uh, yeah. NFL with the bears and the Falcons, like you're going to know right away if their impacts felt or if it's just another year of the Packers can't stop the run. Now, granted things can change. It's a long season, but everyone will, will go to that. Everyone will have that take. It's like, Oh, here we go. Yet another year where we can't stop the run. And I, I will probably be the one who's in the corner being like, you guys know, like these are two of the best rushing attacks in football. Like you're not going to probably see the Falcons and Bears every week. It's not that's not going to be what it is. If you're getting torn up by the Lions in Week Four, who don't have a good running game, and I think they'll take a step back with Gibbs and Montgomery this year. Um, then yeah, maybe we got a problem. Or the Raiders, you know, if Josh Jacobs doesn't, you know, go to camp or anything like that, yeah, maybe there's a problem there. But you're going to get tested early, and it that that part is scary because there is you're facing your weakness right away or the thing that has haunted your defense or, you know, year in, year out, right Right. off the bat. Well, and maybe it's a good time to see those teams right away because your defense, knock on wood, should be as healthy as it's probably going to be, you know, first few weeks of the season. So maybe that's a good, maybe that's a good, uh, a good time to be catching those teams. Atlanta kind of does scare me because, well, and I guess the Bears do too. I mean, with fields, it's hard, really hard to contain, a quarterback um, right yes and we saw the I issues think, we saw the issues with against fields and jalen hurts last year where it was just it was a mess yeah. and, and you know it, and that's everybody i mean it's really how do you how do you that's that's i think that's why running quarterbacks have become so in vogue is that it's just it's impossible to stop i mean yeah you're kind oh. of naturally outnumbered on defense in, in, a, in a way because what are you going to do spy a linebacker on on a quarterback who runs a four flat. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. hard to do it. it. It's hard to, hard to contain them and you have to do it as a team, but then you can't really, you know, lose track of your guy or you're, you're covering because then it's an 80 yard touchdown pass to AJ Brown. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know, you're in a rock and a hard place for sure. Totally. Yeah. So. No question about it. Um, I was a half answer, I guess on the scared thing. I, I think the other thing that worries me maybe the most is just starting slow and the pressure that comes with that, right? Because you're filling big shoes with Aaron Rodgers, with just the Packer lore, the hype around the Packers, how much people invest their time and energy in this team. And I think even though everybody says they're going to be cautious, everybody says they're going to be patient, I don't believe that for one fucking second if they start 0-2 or they're 1-3. And, 
And it's just, can the Packers, if they start slow, can they find a way to dig themselves out? Or is that just, is if it, if it goes bad early, is it not going to, not going to kind of revive itself and, you know, make a run like we've seen, we've seen with a lot of Rogers teams in our, in our heyday. Yeah. I mean, I would have to think that if it does go poorly, I would be less optimistic that it, that it would turn around just because I don't know. Uh, I, I know everybody said the right things about Jordan Love for sure this summer. So maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'm naive, but I don't know. I feel like there was, it seemed like every year there was a rallying cry from, from number 12 and guys rallied around that when shit hit the fan basically. Mm-hmm. And they were able to pick themselves up, up off the mat and, We'll see with Jordan Love. I mean, you know, depends on how it looks, right? Like, because a lot of times with with the Packers over the years, when things were going wrong, it wasn't really the offenses or, or the quarterback's fault. And, you know, we'll see what happens after, you know, if he's if Love's got two touchdowns and five picks after the first two games and, you know, it's, it's not looking great. I don't know. We'll see. Right. We'll, it'll be time for all the people that were that were talking up Jordan Love to kind of put their one money where their mouth is. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, no, that would be scary. That'd be scary season for Tyler Dunn, right? The Tyler Dunns of the world. It would be. <laughs> you'd have to just. It's like all right, now you have to meet your maker, and I'm sure we'll, we'll go through the schedules and some of these podcasts. But there are. It is not. It is a easier quote unquote schedule. It shouldn't. I think True. the bye week being in week six is tough um, because you could argue like, okay, you're starting to kind of build momentum. You're starting to sort of feel good about yourself. And then boom, there's a bye week. And with a younger team, I, I do want worry as part of this like conversation about not being able to pick up your mat, like, are they going to be able to sustain it for 17 or 18 games? Right. And at one point, are they going to kind of run out of gas? I, I kind of wonder about that, you know, adjacently with the Cincinnati Reds, where I I don't think the Reds thought they'd be here this year, right? Uh, but they are, and I, I just wonder at some point, like, when are you going to kind of start wearing down because you just aren't used to it, you know, like like some veterans are. And that that also worries me in this same, same sort of vein. Yeah. I think scary, what scares me, what gives me the scaries, it kicking game kind of uh yeah is is looking uh a little questionable uh anders carlson appears to be in the driver's seat but not kicking the ball very well in camp um and then i guess mason crosby's still out there but at some point you got to move on from him um He's got to be forty years old by now. He, yeah, and... he's he's up there. He is. Uh, I think he's older older than me. I hope so. That would be a kick in the ass <laughs> if he if he's actually younger than me. He's thirty eight. So yeah. he's been kicking on Instagram. Apparently, he had a lower leg surgery last year, right before the season started, that prevented him from kicking it long. That would have been nice to know. I don't know how no one got that story. Um. Yeah. And uh, and he was showing off, you know, making field goals from 60 out. He made two of them, um, granted, against the air, um, off a tee, no one holding it. But still, you know, he's making 60 yarders at 38. So is there a is there a comeback story when 
know, is he just waiting for a phone call? Has there, is there an agreement there from the Packers where, Hey, we might check in with you after, you know, the second preseason game, if Carlson continues to struggle and struggle in game conditions and, and it'll be a test. I know their special teams wasn't as good last year, but you're facing the Patriots who are always known for their special teams. So you'll face a good field goal block. Belichick will have that ready to go and you'll be challenged. So how do you, how do you respond to that? And how do you, you know, make it happen? And Packers, Packers have tried this before and it's, you know, Brett Conway is the example everyone uses where, and I think that started Crosby's career and he came in after him, but Conway was a fourth round pick out of Penn state and big time college kicker. And it just never, it never worked out. He was awful. And they, they got rid of him. Right. And Carlson missed five field goals in practice over, the, over the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I guess he was only like a, he was only like 72% in college, which I mean, I guess that's pretty good for a college kicker. Um, right. But I don't know. Kicking game, I feel like in the NFL, games are so tight. And special teams in general, as we've seen over the years, um, I feel like that's a position that you really can't worry about. So I I think I don't mind that idea of, you know, having Crosby on speed dial after after a couple weeks in the preseason if if shit's not going right. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if he is kicking 60 yarders, I'm sure on in perfect conditions and – you know, he's probably in Colorado kicking at altitude. So. Uh, Tennessee, Tennessee. So not oh, bad. Okay. Okay. Well, he's a Colorado native, is not. So right. I thought I, don't, no, I, thought no, I, I would know. put that no. together, but no, no, no. Um, I it was a yeah. I think that 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 makes sense, right? Um, and yeah, I was also wrong about Conway being a before uh, Crosby. It was uh, it was Ryan Longwood. Uh, that 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 was so it was Ryan Longwell was the the guy that basically was the they were like oh we're Longwell was there in 97 then Conway so yeah it was a uh, Ryan Longwell not Crosby but to clean that up for for the people at home the Packers the Packers have only had it feels like they've I had know. uh you know for all the talk of two good quarterbacks over the last 30 years it feels like they've had two kickers over the last 30 years right so, it's been pretty it's been incredible um i think the only other thing i mean it scares you every year the teams is injury i mean love would be the one right who's the backup yes. right now is it going to be danny <laughs> at is it going to be danny Edling? it's going to be sean clifford probably like if it's sean clifford i don't usually get drunk during packer games at noon but if it's if i have to watch a sean clifford start which it's possible i might you know it's not a lot of quarterbacks miss time because of injury I, I might have to be drunk for it. Like I might just have to like it just completely throw everything out the window. Uh because I watched as a Big Ten football fan, I watched a lot of Sean Clifford and I I didn't get the draft pick at the time. I still don't get the draft pick. I know they're like, Well, he's a wizard, he's really smart, he's gonna help Jordan Love prepare. I'm like, Yeah, I, I would I think you could got that and like good undrafted, you know, that but yeah, I I think it would be a hold on for dear life. Uh, if love were to go down, but I, I mean, that's, it's really the case with most quarterbacks, right? Like, I, I don't think that's it. And it's, you know, there is the worry with maybe, I, I, I think this team's depth is not exactly great. Um, some spots are better than others, but yeah, injuries, you know, can always derail a season and, you know, we've seen it happen time and again in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
deepest spot is probably what offensive line. Yeah, I would say offensive line. I'd, I'd probably then if if Stokes is healthy, I'd say cornerback. Yeah. Like if Stokes looks the part, I'd say corner. I'd say offensive line. I'd say edge, right? Because um, you have Van Ness, you have Ingambare, mm. you have Preston Smith, you have Van Ness. Oh, I might have said already, but like, uh, but I mean, Rashawn Gary's going to probably miss the first, you know, half the season, right? Maybe. Uh, he seems like he's hell bent on wanting to play, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not a pup for the first six weeks in the season. And then, yeah, it's Preston Smith's. Yeah, I guess you know what you're getting. Enigbari looks or was good last year, you know, or was a surprise, I should say, last year. And we'll see with a little more expectations. Justin Collins also wasn't 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 bad either. Um, the guy they got from the Rams, he was he had some flashes here and there. I'm not saying he's like gonna be an all pro or anything, but yeah, sorry, I cut you off with Van Ness. I mean, just you know, a rookie, pretty young, didn't play a shitload in college. Um, we'll see. You know, it doesn't mean he can't, you know, there's tons of tons of edge rushers at our projects and they end up, you know, making pretty big impacts right away just because of athleticism and, and stuff and edge is kind of a position where you don't really have to think. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they it's, might just, it's possible. They might just tell Luke for the first few games before teams figure it out. Like, Hey, just, just go, just run, go, go run, just go get run. home. Go yeah. Get just home, go get home. Yeah, absolutely. And also shout out to Luke for not being involved in that Iowa betting scandal. That's, that's a good thing. Yeah, uh, man, it's crazy always something story. in Iowa. Oh my God, that is a what? That story just keeps kind of onioning a little bit. Where it's like you find out this, you find out that. Uh, I talked a little bit on yesterday's pod about it. That like we are we are getting dangerously close to like a major gambling scandal, and then a lot of shit's gonna hit the fan. Yeah, or it's just these little body blows, and nobody cares anymore in six months. Maybe, 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 maybe so. Anything else on these scares or excitement before we uh, head to our Milwaukee Brewers? Joe Barry. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hasn't really how been mentioned. We, how can we not say Mr. Joe Barry? The Joe Barry redemption tour starts week one. Can he follow up with what he did to save his job in December? Will we see much of the same or will Joe Barry go, psych, I'm, I'm back, bitches? And and go back to his his old ways. And coach has his back, so that's all that, he needs. I look. I mean, I think I talked to you about it uh, about the Mark Murphy comment, or was it Shannon? I think it was Shannon about that Mark Murphy comment, where Mark Murphy was like, "Yeah, our defense is really going to have to pick us up in those first six games." I felt like that was a direct like Joe Barry has six games to like show me something or we're going to have a conversation with Matt about this and the powers that be one gone. We agreed with Matt to keep him on, but if it continues to look like shit, we're going to, we're going to look in another direction. Well, and I hope so. I mean, that would be, um, unpackers like, so to, to, to pull the plug, I think so quickly, but I, totally. I feel like he probably is on, on thin ice. He has to be. I mean, you can't, I, I just do not think, especially week one, like you cannot start a season like you have the last two weeks, two years. And I I would be saying this even if they were playing the fucking Seahawks or the Rams, right? I don't I know it's the Bears, makes it a little more important, but honestly, it's like you have to start on both sides of the ball with your hair on fire, with your piss hot, 
as as Matt Lafleur likes to say. Like that's that's what they need to do in the beginning of the season. Like we can't can't have this bullshit that we've had the last two years. Right. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's been interesting over the last couple of years. I mean, the talent's been there, but it just hasn't necessarily translated. And of course, injuries play a factor as they always do. But at some point, yeah. it's not an excuse. Well, right. And then you, you also wonder like if, you know, they, they come out firing and they look like this totally different team. And it's like, who are these guys? And kind of what we talked about at the beginning, you know, how much was like Aaron Rodgers a problem? Like, do we have to have that conversation? Do we have to at least like entertain it? You know, the classic Bill Simmons, you in theory, like, do we have to, you know, at least talk about it and say, was Rogers the problem? And I know there are people, the Rogers fanboys are driving off the road, hearing this punching a wall, but if they start hot and look different, we're going to at least have to ask questions about it. Right. Yeah. So yeah. another, another podcast topic for October. And hopefully in October, we're talking about the Milwaukee Brewers playoffs. Uh, my co-host Mitch has talked all season about the roller coaster of baseball and you ride the highs, you ride the lows, and right now we're at a low. Uh, Brewers one and five on a road trip. Uh, the Brewers uh, lose two out of three of the Nationals. Now one and eight against the Nationals, Oakland Athletics, and the Colorado Rockies. Yep. And Mitch, I, I guess let's let's start with the, we can start with the games this week, and then then kind of your thoughts on the deadline since. I uh, would love to get those and then kind of, you know, where, where you're at right now with the Brewers. Well, I mean, as far as this week, it's, you hate to see. Well, so the Atlanta series, I mean, in Atlanta, I didn't really expect a whole lot and to get swept and you never want to get swept, but I guess I wasn't really super bummed out, you know, right. after, mm-hmm. after losing, losing three in Atlanta, they're, a fucking wagon. They're the real deal. Whatever, whatever you want to say. Right. And it's, it's, it's the truth. I mean, they're, they are, they're head and shoulders above the brewers. Um, the brewers are not really in a spot to, to compete with a team like that. You know, I mean, baseball's is a different game, but um, you know, they're just, you know, it, it just, there's clearly a class above. And so then, you know, my thought was, okay, you know, you got to, you're going to take care of business against Washington, Pittsburgh, who has completely fallen off a cliff, and and Colorado, who's a last-place team as well. Really got to take care of business because then you're looking at a a really tough road trip in L.A. and, and at Texas, now three in Chicago against the White Sox to start that road trip. But it's a long trip, and then those last six are going to be damn near impossible. So you really got to – really got to take care of business. And then of course they lose two out of three in the nation's capital to Washington who had, I think on Monday made a, made the move Monday for Kent to trade Candelario. Right. Correct. Um, so, and, and it, it was really just, I mean, tough losses. I mean, right. It's uh, all winnable games, you know, all winnable were... games. You, you should have had, you should have had probably all three and, and said you, you lose the series to the Nats who have, have been, I mean, mostly uncompetitive this year, and it's it, it's not <laughs> it's not the greatest time to 
to start start fucking around but maybe it is i mean you know get your head out of your ass here i think uh after after this series and um you picked up a couple of a couple of veterans and and hopefully a little bit more consistency uh down the stretch yeah and the brewers right now seven games over 500 they are the lowest they've been since uh july 9th in terms of that mm-hmm. category so right after right before the all-star break and yeah i, I think it is a road it's a road back to just kind of kind of reset and this should humble the Brewers a little bit to say, like, you can't get complacent. Like, yes, you were playing the Braves. It sucks. But you need to pick yourself off the map and, you know, come out there with Corbin Burns in the mound and make a statement and attack a bad pitcher in Jake Irvin. Like, Jake Irvin's not Cy Young here. Now, Gore and Gray, what's ironic is, like, you hit Josiah Gray, who's a very good pitcher, all-star this year. That's the one you hit. But then... You struggled with Mackenzie Gore, who had a 6-6-4 ERA in July, and you struggled with uh, Irvin, who's not good either. So you have to be, you have to bring it to the ballpark every goddamn night. And Calvary is on the way with Miley and Woodruff. Brian Anderson should be back soon, but you, it it's not usually just one guy that completely changes the tenor. It's like, how do you be more consistent? to avoid these type of things. And you just have to, you just have to kind of get all on the same page to your point. And I, I hope they do. And, you know, looking ahead to, to what's next, I think it's can, you know, Canna and Santana make an impact. And, you know, I don't need them to be like hitting 12 or 14 home runs or something crazy like that, or have a CC Sabathia like run at the plate. But I, I hope they're productive. Um, I already saw some Brewer fans like, oh, Cannon and Santana, two for 25. It's like, fuck, man, like 25 at-bats between two guys. Like, give me a goddamn break. Like, can we just let it breathe for a fucking week before we're jumping down everybody's throats? Like, we're so ready to just be negative about this baseball team. I, You know how I feel about Brewers fans, and I've, I've went on that soapbox. I won't go back on it. But it's it's just like... Let's just hope. I think really the hope is that they get comfortable and they start, you know, producing sooner rather than later. Yeah, well, and I would. Ken has only had three abs with the Brewers, so right. I mean, I would, you know, and he hasn't really been very good this year, uh, admittedly. So, um, you know, I mean, it's it's the type of move that the Brewers were going to make. I mean, really, both of those. At least they did something. I think I, I'll start there with with the offense. That at least, unlike last year, they didn't add any bats. If I'm not mistaken. No. And you know, so I know these are kind of lower level moves, uh, fringe moves. But yeah, I mean, there really wasn't a huge superstar out there that we know of. No. Um, you're not getting Otani, and after that, I mean, it's. You know, it was pretty, pretty slim pickings. He basically, I didn't really realize Carlos Santana was was available. Um, I guess I had forgot about him. I mean, he's thirty seven years old, um, but he's a switch hitter and hit a home run in his first game. I think uh, one of so them. That was, yeah, that was good. But you know, maybe he made a second one. But you know, I mean, they're better than what they had. And unless Rowdy comes back here. Who knows when now? Oh, I but, forgot Rowdy. Good, good point. 
Rowdy's another yeah. Rowdy's another one. I know he struggled this year, but you know there is thirty home runs in that bat, right? Like that happened. Yeah. He, it, it, you don't just like suddenly lose the ability to hit home runs. Like you can you can't find it. And if well, Rowdy and he, Rowdy he was in, did. Well, yeah, you're right. He did. So you know, and may, hopefully, and and it's not somebody. I I think with the Santana move, and frankly, Canna. That rhymes actually. Those two yeah, I know things. it does. I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> with those two moves, I think it signals that like we're not really expecting much out of Rowdy the rest of the year. Um, you know, they haven't gotten much in the last three months now. But um to me it seems like, you know, whatever you get from him, it's a it's a bonus. And, you know, there's people I'd feel worse about than um up there at the plate in a tie game in the eighth inning in, the, in a wild card round or something um, than Rowdy, you know, but right. just because of the raw power. But yeah. there's, you know, there I think there's a, probably a few guys in the team that I would I would say, I don't know, I wouldn't feel too good with Joey Weimer. I mean, no. I just don't like the guys at bats. Well, uh, I do I do think, like, I'll push back slightly on the no use for Rowdy. I, I think there will be some because I, I do imagine there's going to be a platoon with Weimer and Freelich at some point where Weimer's yeah. just hitting lefties and Freelich is your everyday center fielder pretty much with righties. And then Weimer will come in maybe defensively, something like that. And then you have Canna playing right field, but, and then you, you bump, uh, you bump Santana the first and Rowdy's your DH. I, I think Jesse Winker will get DFA whenever that's done. I would be shocked if Jesse Winker stays on the team. I know we didn't talk about that, but I I'd be hard pressed to think Jesse Wick, Winker is coming back. Uh, I think you know it, it's really imperative. You know, too on the pitching side is you know can Brandon Woodruff return to form? You know, and not not take some time because we're kind of going to need Brandon Woodruff to be himself right mm-hmm. away. And I know that's a big ask, right? Like he's coming off shoulder injury; he's been out since April. But we're still going to need that for Brandon Woodruff. And that's, you just hope you can get that. And he should be back. I think they're kind of targeting like Tuesday, which is a bummer because I'm going, I'm going to Monday's game. So I would have, would have liked to see a Brandon Woodruff outing, but I, I don't think I'm going to get that. Oh, yeah, that's unfortunate. I mean, I, I'm probably okay with them not really doing anything with the starting pitching just because yeah. of that fact, I guess. I, I mean, I hate saying it. The, uh, the bang the drum people of the world, the the friend of the pot, Eric's of the world are 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 not going to want to hear that. Um, the whole, getting sold while we're getting we're getting one of our current players back yeah. from injury, and that's like that's like a trade addition. But it is kind of true. I mean, you've had you know basically all season without him, and mm-hmm. now you're gonna now you're gonna get him back. And Wade Miley's look good. I'd be okay giving the ball to Wade Miley in a playoff game. I wouldn't expect more than four innings. Yeah, but I mean, that's what playoff baseball is sometimes, and you know, he'll go out there and give you four or five. I mean, in, in game in, three, in, in a perfect world, but. in game three, would you rather have Wade Miley or Freddie Peralta? <laughs> yeah, that's a actually a really good question. And for unfortunately, uh, just from what I've seen from well, with Freddie, it's been it's just been, been like a three. It's been a three run homer in like the third inning. Yeah, it's and Dominican. Then, he's Dominican Dave Bush. Like it's just one. It's just one bad inning. Like it's just one yeah. bad inning. Like you look at that national start. He was great 
the rest of the innings. Like he, and he, he had his two walks or three. I think he had three total walks. They had two of his three walks in that inning. He had mm-hmm. three runs allowed. He would have had a fourth if Sal doesn't gun the guy down at home. Like, if you take away that in from him, he's fine. It's just like, how do you get him to control his emotions and just settle the fuck down? Like, then they just, I'm sure they're working with him on it. It's just a question of, like, how do you how do you get that, you know, through to him? Well, and that's what's so stupid about baseball is, like, you can, oh, yeah. you can, look, you can look fine and, and literally in the inning and then have – Two quick outs, then a, somebody bobbles a, a three-hop routine short ground ball to shortstop. It's an error. Then it's a walk, and then you hang one, and it's a three-run inning. And it's like, yep. what the fuck just happened? Well, and that's and, that's the whole thing lost. with Braves. That's like, you know, it's like yeah. before you know it, like Giolito well, was, was pitching yesterday, and it was three to one in the, the fourth, and then he gave up – like. Gave him three and homer, then gave him another home run, and before you know it, he gave him nine runs. <laughs> like, there yeah, you go. I mean, like, it, yeah, and you're like, what the fuck happened? I mean, it, right. it, happened, and to, it happened to Pigero the other day. Yeah, yeah, and and that was unfortunate. And yeah, they they just need to need to string together some just like crisp wins, right? You have Hauser tonight against Mitch Keller. Mitch Keller has been pitching that well since after his All Star appearance. So and they got Mitch Keller uh back in at American Family. Forget what that was, middle of June, uh when they played the Pirates. Like it's time to get Mitch Keller again. You know, come out swinging. I am gonna also be there. I had two ball games uh here in the next four days, five days, and I'm two and four on the year. So that's not great. Uh, I don't feel like I'm bringing a lot of positive energy uh to the ballpark. Yeah, we're gonna need you to turn that around. Um... Yeah. I mean, yeah. see if they'll have. They can let you fill out the lineup or something. Yeah, just some, do something to something different. We well, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I'll have to talk to my dad. Figure out what we need to what we need to do differently. Um, to kind of kind of shake it up because I don't think see if they can good. see if they can activate Woodruff on Monday and so he, and he can yeah. DH or something. Yeah, yeah. That's that sounds great, right? Let's just let Woody hit. Um, known Woody. known home run hitter. Um, known known home. <laughs> Uh, this is probably a better topic for another time, but I'll, I'll ask you quickly and maybe it'll be a topic at a later day. Who scares you more? The Cubs or the, uh, Reds? Oh, I literally am just looking at the score of that game right now. Yeah. Cubs are, Cubs are up six, five as we, as we tape here in the sixth Reds, inning. Reds blew a five, two lead. Um, uh, they, they were up five, they were three, nothing. Then we're up five, two. And now it's seven, five. Uh, Cubs. So that thing has completely well, turned know, on its head. I know you're not a run differential guy because it doesn't fit your narrative, but they're what plus sixty seven on the yeah. year. The Cubs. I mean that and out seven five. Um, that is you know a pretty decent indicator that your team can score runs at the yeah. very least. And um, look, Cubs are they've hung around. They've hung around. They ended up slightly buying a soft buy at at the yep. deadline, and that that shit gets like, I don't know. It does make you nervous as mm-hmm. as a Brewers fan, especially today. You know, Brewers on a slide right now. It'll they should come out of it, but you're like, man, Cubs are only three games behind us all of a sudden, and you know they 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 bought a guy that I think you know and, and Jamer Candelario that I think some or a lot of Brewer fans wanted. And 
and um, yeah, it, it's interesting. They now, shit, they've what they won seven in a row eight in a row there, playing yes. the Cardinals and the White right. Sox, but right. Yeah, now and they'll have now a, a very big test against the Braves this weekend. So they'll get their Braves test this weekend and they hang around. It's yeah, you have to you really have to start respecting the Cubs and what they have. And that fan base, you know, we give them a lot of shit as Brewer fans, but that that may Wrigley becomes a tough place to play when they're engaged and in, into Cubs baseball and they're just not there to slow gold styles. Well, and then they don't play Atlanta again until the end of the year, right before the Brewers. Convenient. Um, and nice. Atlanta could Atlanta could have. Oh yeah, they're on cruise control at lead. that point. Yeah, they're on cruise control. Just you know, hands over their uh, right, hands over their head. Just oh yeah, and it, you know they're they're on cruise <laughs> they're on cruise control at that point. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah. But it's long so, way. Man, that last that last series of the year looks interesting. Yeah, I mean it's a very that becomes a a big weekend and. What's kind of cool about it is the Brewers are going to have sort of they'll be the show because Packers play on, on that Thursday against Detroit. Uh, I think the Badgers have off that week. I think they're on a bye. So I you're going to they're going to be the show. Right. I mean, people will still watch NFL on Sundays and things like that. But, yeah, it's it's you know, there'll be there'll be reason. There'll be more than enough opportunity to uh, go see your Brewers against the Cubs and make sure it's not a Chicago filled uh, stadium. I would imagine the Brewers ticket people will get creative with that, which will be become a whole thing as it always does. For sure. So we'll see. All right, let's move on. Yeah. I, I didn't think Mitch that we'd have bucks topics, but uh, Tim Bonatemps of uh, ESPN blessed us with a what if article uh, for the last five years of all the Eastern Conference. I think he did it for both the West, Eastern and Western Conference. But obviously, we care about the Eastern Conference because our Milwaukee Bucks are there. And Bonatemps decided that his what if for the Milwaukee Bucks was pulling it up now. What if the Milwaukee Bucks did not sign Brooke Lopez off the scrappy? Brooke Lopez signed a cheap deal, as Bonatemps points out, and, and helped transform Lopez into a defensive menace, and his entire career shifted. The Bucs would need to find another answer. He suggests Nerlens Noel, who fits poorly with Giannis Antetokounmpo because of his lack of shooting. He said the Bucs would still be a threat, but no Lopez would mean the Bucs would not have won a championship, and the noise around Antetokounmpo would go louder by the year, culminating in him asking to be dealt away from the franchise this summer. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, I, I do want to start. I, I mean, I could go, but I, I'll, well, I'll give you the floor. I, I think that last part is a little, you know, that's a little, little cheap, a little bit of a low blow. Little cheap. Um, like, <laughs> fuck. like this obsession, man. I, I don't get it. Oh yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's like, it's just like, it's it's like when Otani resigns with the Angels this summer. It's just gonna yeah. be they're gonna be heartbroken. But um yeah, I mean, you know, we're 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 making a, a big jump. I, I, I guess it's obviously it's an interesting discussion. What if they didn't sign Brooke Lopez? I think about that on a daily basis. And I mean, like what a great move that was. And it's kind of amazing that that Brooke was so available. I mean, talk about an interesting 
Right. I, I know. I know. It's. I know. It's a dead horse. But it's like he had been traded for D'Angelo Russell. It was basically contract filler. Brooke went and played for the Lakers, and on a bad Lakers team. Right. And basically started starting shooting a little, th- little couple threes here and there. Showed he could do it. Looked looked okay doing it. And you know, little did we know because I don't even think. Coach Bud had coached for the Bucks yet. I think they came in together, and we didn't really put it together that Bud's system. I mean, Perilantich for the Hawks when Bud was there was that's right. all he did. He yep. was the center, and he just stood out there and shot threes. And you know, little did we know, Brook became a hand and glove fit there because he's such an enormous person and can can stand underneath the basket, protect the rim, but also run in you know run into a lot of threes and. I mean, clearly that's that's a huge fit, which is why Brooke is still here after all yeah, these or, years. And oh, yeah. He's getting no, older, but, I mean, they do have to find a replacement. But, I mean, it's cute to be like, oh, let's say they wind up with Nerland's Noel. Like, <laughs> I'd rather not like, have a center. <laughs> like, why? Like, yeah. And also, like, why? I'd rather play team? four on five than like, have Nerland's Noel as my center. Like, why would Mike Budholzer, the guy, the drop coverage master, the guy who wants everybody shooting threes, want Nerland's fucking Noel? I thought these ESPN guys were tight with Bud and why that's why they're slandering the Bucks because they can't believe their buddy Mike Budholzer got fired. Like, don't they know that he would not have brought on Nerland's Noel? Like, that's like, I just, it's infuriating to read, especially when there's a better what if. It's what if the what if Chris Middleton doesn't get injured in the 2022 playoffs? That's the what if, right? Because there's so many things to talk about there. First and foremost, which I think is more of a discussion today than it was in 2022, would they have beat the Heat? Like we we think they would have because we swept them in 2021, but we saw what happened in 2023. Like, are we sure? Right? Is that is that a done deal? Well, I don't know. Or it's what if Giannis doesn't get his back broken in uh oh in, yeah in twenty twenty three yeah game one. I mean, but then you can't tie you can't you can't put you can't you can't make one and one plus one equal two then. Right. If you, yeah. If you there's... do do something that yeah, the, you know you the... have, you have to, you have to keep it keep it negative. Yeah, the Giannis, the Giannis back thing would be, I think, in a couple of years, the Bucks still haven't won a title. I think then that becomes a discussion. But, like, sticking on the Middleton part, it's like, all right, yeah, if they get past Miami, they would have beat Golden State. So, because Golden State had no size. And the Bucks would have just, abs- like, Giannis would have had just a massive playoff line. And even if Golden State outshot the Bucks and beat them in a seven-game series, the Giannis narrative would go to great, great mountaintops because Giannis would easily average 35 to 40 a game in those series. And it would just build the narrative of Giannis to another level. And yeah, if they prevented the Warriors from, you know, getting that fourth title, what does that do to Golden State? How does that change what happened with Golden State this season? What does that do for just kind of the Bucks? Does, you know, is Mike Boonel, Mike Boonel is still a coach, right? We're not getting rid of Mike Boonholzer after this year. Mike would have at least two years before anybody would raise, but he's a two-time back-to-back 
NBA champion. I don't know. Maybe he'd have three years. Who knows, right? I just think, like, that 2022 year, there's so many things that happen kind of because of that Middleton injury. It's such a shame that we're – well, I shouldn't say that, but the likelihood of a Bucks warriors finals is, you know, at some point is probably not great. I just feel like nah. the Bucks will probably get there at some point. But yep. I don't know about Golden State and they're at the peak of their powers, um, which you probably saw the end of, I think, in 2022. Maybe that's a hot take. I know that there will be some people out there that still – but like, just yeah, the, we've talked about it so much. Like the dichotomy oh, know, yeah. of, of yes, you're right. Golden State doesn't have much size at all. Bucks also can't defend a three to save their lives, yeah. at least under Mike Mike Budenholzer. Right. So it, it literally would have been kind of just these contrasting styles. And like Golden State moves the ball very well. The Bucks traditionally don't. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's it's um, and I wouldn't totally put that on the coach, but no. And, yes, I know some people do. But. And just the, the last part of this, the other cascading, just why I'm continuing to rip on attempts for this, Jason Tatum wouldn't have a finals appearance. Jason Tatum would – the pressure on Jason Tatum would be immense, right? And he's gotten a little bit – he still has a lot of pressure on him, no, no doubt about it, but I think getting – even though he struggled in the finals, everyone just says, well, he's young, right? He's a young guy. It's It's fine. Um, but it's you know. What does he have oh. for Boston? Oh, if they didn't sign Al. What Horford. if they? What if they had re-signed Al Horford? Yeah, yeah. Cool. His <laughs> cool story, bro. Like, I mean, some I, of these are kind of, kind of stupid. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, some of so, so, some of these are like, why even conclude them? But right. Um, yeah, I mean, the. uh yeah, the and the Nets one even like what if Durant doesn't suffer a pair of knee sprains? Like, what if Giannis doesn't step on Kyrie's foot? Like, that's to me the big what if on that one. Do the Bucks win that series? I don't know. I, 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 yeah, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, I'll say it. Yeah. Um, what if Indiana Pacers guard Victor Oladipo didn't get hurt? Okay, they're like a four seed in the East. <laughs> What if what if Lonzo Ball had real knees? Uh, he didn't say that. He said what if his <laughs> knee was an injury. Uh, that was. Uh, what if? Okay, then they also would have been a four seed in the East, yeah. and or would have been a one and lost in the second round probably. What if Philly um, kept Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler would have ran and beat out of town, and Bede wouldn't have been able to handle Jimmy Butler. No way. Well, yeah. There's. I mean, who knows, man? You know. I understand it's summer. You know, we talk about it with sports radio. We don't talk about it as much because sports radio is a, uh, a dying art. seems like um, that, you know, you got to fill four hours um, for these guys. They got to fill columns. Right. And they got to write about stuff. And it is uh, it is peak dead, dead, dead period in the NBA uh, besides some weird Dame shit. And it seems like Adam Silver basically might might be preventing Dame from uh from going to Miami, which uh I, I didn't know this. I saw this, I didn't investigate it. Uh, but I guess Pat Riley might have been the one who told on the Bucks for the Bogdan deal. So if that's the case, then 
I feel absolutely no sympathy for it. Well, I wouldn't feel any sympathy for my ID in the first place, but I really don't feel any sympathy for those motherfuckers uh, if they can't get the damn deal done. Well, just by looking at Pat Riley, you can tell he's a scumbag. So, oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't surprise me. Like, Pat Riley injects, like, the youthful blood in his system, like, every oh, day to just keep him alive. For sure. But, I mean, you don't you don't get to be to a man of his stature without burning a few bridges. No. So. no. Uh, Adrian Brody plays in great winning time, though. So, that he has sure that does. going for him. He has that going for him, which comes back. I think that's back, like, in two weeks. Really? That's yeah. good news. Yeah. That's uh, I, that's that is good news. I like that. That's a good show. I mean, I enjoyed that uh, quite a bit. I enjoyed the fuck Boston too at the at the end of it from Jason Siegel. <laughs> yeah, that show was good. I I mean, I'll, I'll watch I'll watch another season. They gave me that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, no doubt about it. You're not even a big TV TV show watcher. No, I'm not. And so yeah. I did watch that. Um, yeah. Yeah, play, you know, play. It's not. It, that's one of those where I, I watched it kind of as the episodes were coming out. Might have slipped up for a couple of weeks, but but pop, you know, pop back in enough, and you can crank out a forty or forty-five minute episode. Oh yeah, you know, big old, big old, big old Magic Johnson. What has he ever done? Um, that's right. So, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I don't. I don't know if I have anything else. Um, seems like college football is just completely going to blow itself up. That's, that's the only other mm-hmm. thing that I that noticed, but who knows yeah, where that's, that's going. That's, that's hot in the streets too. The yeah. college yeah. football conferences and shit. And I mean, you know, nothing's going to happen overnight, obviously, but it just, what's going to, what, what, what might happen is some of these PAC 12 teams are going to bail and it's going to be real awkward this year when, you know, half the league is gone and, or, you know, yeah, yeah, it would be. It'd be like eight eight teams. I mean, potentially. Right. You already you already lost USC, UCLA, Colorado's a done deal to the Big Twelve. Right. What next I mean, next year or something? Yeah, they're all. It's all It all would happen next year. And like the Florida State Clemson thing is weird because they have to decide by August fifteenth if they want into this like large revenue share model. But no one's really told. No one's really like went and said to Florida State or Clemson like, "Hey, we want you in your school. Want your schools." And part of it it has to do with the fact that they're not really prestigious academic schools, right? right. Like the Big Ten has you know kind of standards, even though that I know for some that might be hard to believe, but it's true. And the SEC doesn't, but the SEC really isn't interested in it uh, for whatever reason. And I just don't know. I kind of don't know where we're going. Like, are we going to a point where we just don't have conferences and everything's like kind of independent and people are scheduling each other? Is it, I just, it's so, we're, it's so weird. I think people, people kind of reported this or speculated on this within the last couple of years that we're going to have like two major conference, like two big conferences and that's it. And then everybody else. I mean, it's going to be. That's so. You know, I, but I, but I guess the Big Twelve is kind of kind of yeah. trying to hang around. The Big doing, Twelve is things, and they're going to try to get UConn, and that's going to piss me off from a basketball perspective. And they're going to try to get UConn, and that does not make me happy. And UConn, yeah. I talked about yesterday a little bit. Like, I never again. Like, it will be like you're cut out forever. And I and fuck you forever, really. Uh, is if, where, if I, where I stand. If there's anything I've learned over the last couple of years, it's that 
it's all about the money. I mean, the, the, oh, yeah. the loyalties Absolutely. and I mean, at least like Texas and Oklahoma are leaving together and they'll be in, you know, that's right. a pretty big rival. USC, UCLA are, are pretty big rivals and they're leaving together. Um, I think Arizona but, and Arizona state, I think some of it, you have to leave together. Like Arizona, and Arizona state, I think, because they're both public universities, there's like an Arizona board. This isn't true for every state, but Arizona and Arizona State, I think, are a package deal, if I'm not mistaken. Well, so, that would kind of make sense. But right. then like Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington. State, right. Those are pretty pretty big rivals, rivalries in their respective states. Maybe not as nationally popular as the ones I've mentioned, but, you know, those yeah. citizens and, and fans are going to be pissed. And I, I think... There are, it sucks that like, there are sports fans on the West coast, believe it or not. I mean, and, and the Pac-12 fans are kind of getting fucked right now. Well, and... there actually, it was an interesting discussion with Mark Titus on his podcast about, about that and talked about how like what trying to watch college football on the West coast was a lot harder than people make it out to be like, people just don't care as much. And then they're on at inconvenient times and, you know, they don't, the fans don't want to play the night games, but the night games are exactly why, you know, the, the Pac-12 is around, Pac-12 after dark. And, you know, that's, that's great for everybody else, but the, the people that are there. And so it's, it's very interesting how it'll all transpire. And I know some are hesitant to be like a commissioner of college football, but I, I do wonder if that's where it ends up, where someone takes over and woman and, they start like assigning, you know, how, how scheduling works. Like they might need to have a unified schedule. They might need to have like rivalries preserved within the state and stuff like that. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's just, well, it's eventually, it, eventually that's going to have to happen probably. Right. Just with the, the amount of money. And it's just, that's kind of the issue is it's just lawless. And yeah. Um, I don't know, but that's kind of the beauty of college sports. But again, we've, we've lost, any purity, I think, oh, yeah. no, over the last yeah. few years, especially no. with NIL, and then I'll, and then you know these TV, you know, it's all about the fucking TV contract, yeah. And you know your university apparently can't function if your um, school isn't in one of these well taken care of conferences. And yeah, that's just the way I'm, you know, I'm perceiving it. That it's like, yeah. Can't just keep doing things the way they no, were at all. No, it's all fun and games until the bat- Badgers and Cornhuskers are playing at Camp Randall and it's negative five degrees out because you night you pulled the night game rule out of the Big Ten. So we'll enjoy that. I would hope it's not that fucking cold in like early November. But uh, it's um, mid November. It's like mid November. It's like November eighteenth. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah, that's night, a but... night. That's a night game in Camp Randall, six thirty, according on NBC. Actually, I don't know if NBC that might have been a. I might I didn't get fake news there, but I think they were they pushed back said that might not be true or they those aren't those aren't actually reported. But we'll we'll see. Uh, but yeah, yeah, basically, the Big Ten forever it was like we can't play night games in November, and I think it was partly due to the weather and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, have these new TV partners who have night games to fill, and guess mm-hmm. what? All of a sudden, we can play night games now. Yep, I mean that's that's all it is. Yep, that's, that's all it takes. Yeah, exactly, man. Well, I am done for the week. Um, so everybody, uh, everybody have a good weekend. No, uh, no daily show on Friday. Rolling out a new thing for the daily thing on 
Monday. So I'll, I'll announce that then and talk a little bit about it more. Stay tuned. Uh, yeah. Uh, stay tuned for that. And Mitch and I will be back next week. Hopefully happier Brewers. Uh, we'll get ready for preseason game numeral uno. Um, and that, that, that'll be exciting. And who knows what else? Maybe yeah, more family night this weekend too. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I did say on the pod this week, I'm no longer shithead about family night because I understand that it's, you know, sometimes it's maybe some people's only opportunity to go to Lambo. And I true. And unfortunately uh, they don't, they don't even play a game anymore. So, right. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a good way to introduce your kids to football. They don't care about the fans. <laughs> they, they, we can't film them. We can't watch them play, play actual competition. We've lost our way. What are we doing? Oh man. It's, it's, uh, I, I love the Packer fans, man. They, they never, they never disappoint. Uh, the takes for Packer fans are, um, but I've seen some bad takes from Bucks fans, some bad takes from Brewers fans. It's, I think just, we have too many takes. Everybody's just trying to get their axes off, their zeets off on, uh, on, tw- on X, not Twitter now. Right. Get their axes off. Yep. Get, get their axes off, uh, which can be said in a lot of different ways. Gotta be careful. Are they going to change? Are they going to change? It from twitter.com then too at at some point yeah you'll be at redirect i'm sure you i think you already get redirect i don't know if you get redirect to the x.com yeah um it still but, says twitter.com on my yeah on my macbook here so yeah i think i think elon and the boys are are working on that i think there's you know a lot of a lot of things to do to get you know it from being twitter to x now so sure we'll see so all right Take care, everybody. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. Enjoy. If you go to State Fair, enjoy first uh, couple of days of State Fair. Drake concert. Shaken playing a after party at Whitetail. Uh, so check that out. I think it's some of it's already sold out. So crazy uh, for him. Cool opportunity for him. Uh, and so if you're out at, out and about for the uh, Drake concert, make sure you're uh, checking out our boy at Whitetail. Yeah, for sure. That'll be that's a big one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No no doubt about it. So tried to try to talk my wife into a date night to go see Drake, uh, but that did not not go very far. I, I I didn't even really get off the uh get off the twenty with that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, Drake Drake probably must might be the only time he comes to Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, he'll get like less popular, and then he'll he'll play Summerfest. You know, it's kind of how they all do it. Ah, uh, that's spicy. I don't no, know. I'm well, saying I'm saying like amphitheater. I'm not saying like he's gonna play the Miller Ride Oasis. Like I'm trying like Ludacris and like Nelly do that no, shit. No, 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 like, no, 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 no. I'm like no, I feel like no. Drake is more popular. No. I mean I no. know those guys are legendary, but like, yeah, Drake is like fucking no. untouchable. No. no, I'm saying I'm saying like amphitheater. I'm not saying I'm not saying like Oasis or Uline Stage or anything like that. So gotcha. gotcha. All right. We'll head out. Everybody have a good rest of the week, and we'll see you Monday. Take care. Peace.